And now, and now, the best of Pete Price. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what to say about this gentleman. Uh, he's a wonderful human being. He's a married man. He has a baby that you'll hear in the background. And he's a filmmaker, but he's also somebody who cares about the world. I'm talking to David Furnish. Hello, David. Hello, Pete. How are you? I'm very well indeed. The Elton John AIDS Foundation is huge. Did you ever imagine the organisation would be this big when you created it? Um, we, we, we didn't. Um, Elton started the organisation 20 years ago in America and 19 year, years ago in Britain. Um, and his desire was to create a charity that started small um, so that we could understand the, the best, most effective ways to raise money and, most importantly, um, the most effective ways to, to give it away to make sure it goes where it's needed most and that it's spent efficiently. So the whole mantra of the charity from the very beginning is to start small and then grow. Um, but the great thing is we continue to grow, uh, even in these difficult times. So we're very grateful for that. Can you tell us something about the works you do? I know there's so much to talk about, but can you tell us about it? We work in about 19 countries around the world, um, but we do work at home here in Britain. Uh, we fund work that's about education, uh, prevention. Uh, we provide direct care and support for people living with HIV and AIDS, and that can be everything from counseling uh, to drug assistance programs uh, in countries where people can't get the antiretroviral drugs, uh, nutritional support, because we know that these drugs work best when people look after themselves and care for themselves, so they need good, good solid meals. Um, and we also look after the people whose lives are affected by people living with HIV in countries where uh, we see sort of whole communities devastated. Um, in many cases, we have to go in and help sort of recreate an infrastructure where there's a community for support uh, for children uh, whose parents have, have passed away um, who need that support uh, in order to kind of pick themselves up and get on with their lives. I mean, this, this disease touches all walks of life. It, it, it knows no boundaries. It, it is all of us. Um, and it affects people in many different ways, and we try to basically help those people affected by AIDS as much as possible. You and Sir Elton have such a busy life. How do you juggle the time and, and find the time to work? Because it must take an awful lot of your time. It, it does take a lot of our time, but it's an absolute priority in our life. Um, we are very lucky. Um, we've been very blessed in our lives with you know, financial independence and good health, and uh, now a beautiful son, and, and also just being in a wonderful, supportive relationship. Uh, it would be wrong when you're in a situation like that to not try and give back to the world to help people who are less fortunate than we are. And it's something we're absolutely passionate about. In the 80s, both Al and I lost a lot of people to this disease when there was no treatment, when there was uh, no, no drugs to fight it. It was basically, if you got AIDS, you died. Um, and uh, people died some very... Uh, lonely, horrible, uh, stigma-filled deaths, um, and it both touched us deeply. We lost a lot of dear friends. You know, whole portions of the arts community and of the entertainment community, the dance community, uh, were just wiped out by this disease, and uh, that touched us very, very deeply. And you know, it started in 1981. It was first recognized medically in gay men, uh, but it's you know now moved on to become the leading killer of women in the world of childbearing age from, you know, 18 to, to 39, um, which I, is a statistic that continually astounds me. 
um, that's how far this disease has reached, you know, our planet. Do you think that with HIV and AIDS, the world's winning the war, or do you think it's never going to be able to control us? Well, we just had some very encouraging results, research results come through about antiretroviral drug treatment, where we found that people that uh, go on the antiretroviral treatments who know their status as being HIV positive reduce the risks of passing the virus on to another person by 94%, sorry, 96%. Um, that's almost a cure. Um, we're at the point where treatment equals prevention. Uh, we know that if people know their status, get themselves tested, um, and start the, the drugs, they live longer, healthier lives, and they virtually reduce the risk of passing the virus on to someone else. We also know with these antiretroviral drugs uh, that we can uh, prevent mother-to-child transmission. So for a mother who's HIV positive, uh, if they weren't treated, they would almost certainly pass the virus on to their newborn baby. But with the antiretroviral drugs, which we start in the third trimester, we can basically virtually reduce the viral load in the mother down to a point where she doesn't pass it on to her new baby. So we're starting to feel now with these great advances um, that in Zachary's lifetime, we will probably see an end to AIDS. Um, and uh, Hillary Clinton spoke about this just last week. Um, we're actually starting to see now with these, with these drugs becoming more and more effective um, that the treatment is, is going to allow us to you know, virtually eradicate AIDS, probably in Zachary's lifetime. So the end is definitely in sight, but there's a lot of hurdles we have to get over between now and then. The biggest hurdle that we face is this is still a hugely stigmatizing disease. It shouldn't be. Uh, it's part of our world. It's, it's part of what we have to live with. Yet people are afraid of getting tested. People are afraid of knowing their status. Uh, and, you know, in, in Britain, for example, one in seven gay men uh, is HIV positive, but at least 50% of them don't know it. Um, and in America, in most major cities, one in, one in five gay men are positive, and 50% there don't know their status. So people aren't going forward and getting tested. And the longer you leave it, the more chances you have of developing an illness that goes to a much greater stage um, where, you know, you can possibly die. Uh, because you're affected by, you know, something when your immune system crashes. Early recognition, early testing, and beginning the treatments, we know now it's, it's very, very effective. Um, and the regimes for taking these, these pills are, are becoming more simplified. It used to be quite a sort of elaborate cocktail. Um, now the advances in treatment are, you know, for some people getting them down to one pill a day. Uh, so the real drive is to stamp out stigma, um, in all shapes and forms, in, in all different communities. Unfortunately, HIV affects a lot of the most marginalized people in society anyway, and they are already stigmatized. And when you throw HIV into the mix, it's like double stigma. So we have to address that head on, and we have to get everybody on antiretroviral treatment. Um, and, and that's the big hurdles we have to overcome. David, that's a, a hell of a statement you made about the end of AIDS in, in Zachary's lifetime. I really hope, truly hope, that that is a fact. Well, for the first time, we actually really believe that that is possible and that is within our reach. And we know the path we have to, the paths we have to take. We have to address stigma. We have to get people to know their status. And in parts of the world where people um, you know, can't afford the drugs, we have to make sure that financial support is not cut off because, again, knowing your status and getting on the RVs and staying on them is, you know, it's going to reduce your risk of passing it on to another, to another person, and it's going to stop you from developing full-blown AIDS. Um, so that we have to 
hit, go forward on those three fronts in order to, to make that vision a reality. I get terribly upset when I hear of the ignorance uh, in Africa in particular, because it's completely out of control over there, isn't it? Well, I, it, it, it isn't in some respects, um, but we found, because it's been so widespread, um, in, in particularly places like South Africa, that there is less and less stigma associated with the disease than there used to be. It used to be absolutely impossible to deal with, and it was very, very upsetting. Um, but we're finding now that, you know, for example, with mother-to-child transmission, HIV-positive mothers who have successfully given birth to HIV-negative babies, they're all banding together, and they are acting as coaches. They go out into the community, and they identify other uh, HIV-positive pregnant women, and they act like mentors and buddies. It's a, a program we support called Mothers to Mothers, and it's a wonderful program uh, because the HIV mother who's given birth feels empowered, and she goes out and finds another woman who's perhaps afraid, frightened, feeling stigmatized, and she says, listen, I have been through this. We can look at an HIV-free next generation. I will support you. I will coach you. I will be your role model. I will stand by your side um, and help you through this program. And it's, it's highly effective, and, and that's being rolled out across Africa and uh, eventually into, into parts of India. Um, that, that is where you're seeing stigma falling away. And communities, I've actually seen people in communities in Africa, uh, South Africa, where they're wearing T-shirts that say, I know my status, I'm HIV positive. We would never have seen that 10 years ago. Um, people were hiding away. They were absolutely terrified. So we are, we are seeing some progress. Um, it's more in the, the developed world where young gay men just don't really think about it. It's fallen off the agenda. Um, there's, I think homophobia plays part of it. I think people are already feeling you know, stigmatized by society because of their sexuality. I think in Britain things are getting better. I think in America it's getting worse. Um, and the stigmatization of homophobia, when you throw HIV onto that as well, um, people are really feeling frightened about being gay and about potentially carrying the virus. And we have to sail straight into that and break that down. I can't believe in this day and age people still say, still say the gay plague. It must make you so cross when you hear that. And it's, 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 it's just wrong. The statistic I quoted to you earlier, um, you know, it's the leading killer of childbearing women, <laughs> age, women of childbearing age in the world. I would have thought it would have been breast cancer. It's not. It's HIV. That's not a gay plague. That's, that's a, a, a disease that affects, you know, everybody in society. What's the future for the projects? Uh, well, we, we, we have to continue to um, support the, the projects that we've started. We have very, um, very strict, stringent uh, policies of making sure that when we give money to a project, that they have targets that they have to achieve. They have to be very accountable for the money um, that uh, they, they spend. Um, one of the reasons I believe we are still growing in our fundraising efforts, despite the difficult economy, is that you know we do have a reputation for showing results for the money that we spend. We we get results, um, and we do it very efficiently. The overheads of our charity are very low, uh, running at about four percent. So the people that support us, then we make sure we have a regular communication with the people who so kindly support us. People like yourself, uh, who come to our events and and who um, you know write checks. We make sure they understand how their money continually makes a difference and that it is making a difference. And we are seeing you know, a goal in sight now, a, a potential world without AIDS. And when people know their money's being well spent and they know it's being managed efficiently and they know that there is an end in sight, that's a very compelling reason to continue to give. Um, and we're finding that that continues to be the case. But we can't 
stop fighting or believing or communicating for a second. It, it has to, um, it, we have to continue to push forward as, as strong and, and, and as aggressively as we can. As this disease is, you know, 37 million people on the planet are infected with HIV. 30 million people have already died. Those are astonishing numbers. Um, we have a lot of work to keep doing. When we're in the company of somebody like you and uh, your partner, Elton, the passion of, of, of uh, the um Elton John AIDS Foundation comes over loud and clear. How do you deal with it when you go to the projects and see the good work, but also see the sadness? Because you're both very um, sensitive people. It's 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 the uh, to be honest with you, going to see the work is 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 the is the most inspiring part. Um, that's what puts the oxygen in your lungs um, when you go out into the field and you see the enormous difference that even the smallest amount of money can make for people living with this disease and communities living with this disease. And you can see the, the, the strength of the human spirit. That's the stuff that keeps you um, so inspired and so fulfilled and makes you determined to do more and do more. Yes, you see a lot of hardship, but you also know that even the slightest bit of money and the slightest bit of care, people aren't looking for handouts. They're looking for the, for the, for the way forward. They want to empower themselves and they want their communities to pull together and 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 fight this disease they're not just sort of lying around like people saying you know poor poor pitiful me they are really gratefully taking the lead that you show them and the support that you give them and they're running forward with it um that's what inspires you is the strength of that human spirit um and you say we have to do more we have to do more we have to do more um so it, it, you do see a lot of hardship, but you also see you can help resolve that hardship and turn it onto a positive course. David, to finish off, uh, you've lost loved ones, both you and Elton. They must be looking down incredibly proud that uh, you're doing so much work. What's your message to people about HIV and AIDS? My message to people would be, if you think you are at risk, uh, if, if you are not in a mutually exclusive relationship where you know that both the status of you and your partner is negative and you are having unprotected sex, you need to go and have an HIV test. You need to know your status. Um, this disease affects gay men. It affects straight men. It affects women. Everybody is, is vulnerable. If, you, if you're not 100% monogamous and you don't know the status of your partner and you're having unsafe sex, please, please go and get an HIV test. They can do them orally now. It only takes 20 minutes to get a result. Um, the drugs and medications that are available to you are, uh, you know, greatly changed. They will reduce the viral load uh, and, again, reduce the risk of, of passing the virus on to someone else by 96%. You know, you live with this disease now. We have to stop thinking about AIDS as a death sentence. It's not. Um, and knowing your status is empowerment and uh, absolutely know your status. It's fantastic that you're making a better world for your child and other people's children in the world. David Furnish, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for your support. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7.